It is an old hymn that we don't sing anymore, but it's always one of my favorites, and one occasionally I'll break out in the car. Uh, it goes like this. I want this, that mountain. I want that mountain where the milk and honey flows. Come on, Linda, I know you know it. Where the grapes are rascal grow. I want that mountain. I want that mountain. I want the mountain that the Lord has given me. I never know what kind of grapes are, so I always say the grapes of rascal. So no, <laughs> nobody ever catches it. How many of y'all have ever heard that old, that old hymn? Are you kidding me? Maybe it's not even a hymn. Maybe it's just something I made up. It's a camp song. Sing it with me. I want that mountain. I want that mountain where the milk and honey flows, where the grapes of rascal grow. I want that mountain. I want that mountain. I want the mountain that the Lord has given me. How many of y'all have never sung that before? You just did it. I don't know why everybody just falls for that old joke every time. You just did it. What a great old song. Karen and I are threatening to sing a cappella before the series is over. Uh, a, a song out of uh, Canaan Land and escapes me the name of it, but maybe we'll try it next week. Karen needs a lot of encouragement. It's one of those songs we sing in the car together, and it sounds so much fun. So we're going to come back next week. You'll hear us sing that, hopefully, if I can beat her into submission and do that. That old song is about the mountain of the Lord that God gave, to, or at least Caleb wanted. Caleb. We're going to preach about Caleb today. So take your Bibles and turn to Joshua uh, chapter 15, I think. Yeah, chapter 14. Let's go back 1 to 14. And let's talk about Caleb because we kind of forgot all about him. Uh, he was one of the 12 spies that went into Canaan land. Ten brought back a bad report. Two brought a good report. It was Joshua and Caleb who said, the land is ours. Forty years before, they said, the land is ours. We don't care about the giants. We don't care about the fortified cities. The Lord's given us this land, and we need to go over into it. And those two guys, Joshua and Caleb, had faith in God. But the ten didn't, and the crowd listened to the ten, and off into the wilderness they went for 40 years. Big message in the wilderness is we can't do this in our own strength. By the time they got back to Canaan land, you know they went back over the Jordan, and now they've conquered Jericho, and they've conquered Ai, and they beat up a few towns. The five kings came against them, and they wiped them out. And the Lord has given them victory after victory, but Caleb... One of the two, he was right next to Joshua, almost seems to be have forgotten for 40 years. Well, he reappears with a vision and a dream. You know, the mountain that he wanted, although it was a physical mountain, had nothing to do with that mountain for us today. The mountain spiritually for us is capturing all the land inside of us that God has already captured by the cross. Victory over sin, victory over sadness, victory over heartache, victory over that which would take us down and destroy us. 
Victory to have joy and peace in life. Victory to have a life that is lived on God's level, like, like he created us. Uh, years ago, uh, it, when I was first a believer in Christ, it was part of a Bible study group, and a lieutenant was part of our group, an officer. His name was Richard Chinette. And I would love to know where Richard Chinette is. He was a lieutenant who led the Bible studies, and he said to us one time as young believers, he said, you know, fellas, I was recently at a conference, thousands of people there, and they said to the conference, a certain percentage, and I forget the percentage amount, but a certain percentage of you that are at this Christian conference following Christ will not be following Christ within a year. And I determined as a young man that I'd be in the percentage that still was. Because when you break it all down, it's about you and Jesus Christ. It's about you and him. It's about your decision to follow. It's not about the best Christian you know. Because what if the best Christian you knew renounced Christ? Would you still follow him? Would you still love him? It's not about your parents, your grandparents, your friends. It's not, it's not about being a good example for your kids. It's not about being a good example as a husband so your wife either gets saved or follows Christ. It's about you and him. That's what it's all about. Because when it's about you and him, you, you can go 40 years and still have that driving passion to want that mountain like Caleb did. I mean, you imagine Caleb. You, man, you can be bitter. You said, we, we need to go into the land. And the whole multitude says, no. And you get dragged out in the wilderness because all that multitude said no to Christ. You could be mad at the Lord for that, but not Caleb. Forty years he spent out there waiting and waiting, and now this is his moment, his time, his opportunity. You break it down, it's not about the church. It's about Jesus. It's about Christ. What if everybody abandoned Christ all around you? What if your wife, what if your husband, what if everybody was just going, falling away? Would you be true to Christ because he's been true to you? It's really all just about you and him. So we pick up the story in chapter 15 in verse 8. Up, 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 verse 6. Here we go. Chapter 14, verse 8. No, verse 6. Are you listening? <laughs> then the people of Judah came to Joshua at Gilgal. Uh, you notice this was the people of Judah, that particular tribe. Unless you missed one of the songs this morning, he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. So this is, this is the Lord's tribe that he will eventually be born out of, born from. And here are the people of Judah coming to Joshua at the camp. Here enter our subject of the morning. And Caleb, the son of Jethanon, the, the Kenizzite, said to him, to Joshua, You know that the Lord said to Moses, You know what the Lord said to Moses, the man of God, at Kadesh Barnea concerning you 
and me. Just us two. You remember 40 years ago what the Lord said to Moses and what Moses said to us. That we're the only two that are going to go back over into the land. Now at this point, the you and the I are gone. He just references you and me. But in verse 7, I was 40... Did you see the transition? Did you miss that? No longer you and I, it's just I. Caleb's faith was Caleb's faith. It wasn't attached to Joshua. Uh, We had a friend in the Navy years ago. His name was Mike Favell. And uh, Mike was a wonderful young guy. And any time he was around the Christian group and the Bible study group, he was strong in the Lord. But the minute we, he wasn't a part of us, we would find him in the most, well, not the best places or a place that a Christian shouldn't go. His faith was attached to the group, but not, not Caleb here. His faith was not attached to Joshua. It, was, it, was, it held its own. Notice verse 7. I was 40 years old when Moses, the servant of the Lord, sent me from Kadesh Barnea to spy out the land. And I brought him word again, notice the singular again and again, I brought him word again, notice as it was in my heart. See, it was the heart of Caleb had been touched by Christ, by God. It was his heart. He wasn't figuring out the land, that it was a good land for him to enjoy himself. His heart was touched. When your heart's touched, you're there, aren't you? You're always there when your heart's touched. The mind can be stimulated, the emotions can be engaged, but then when the heart is touched, he's precious to you. He means something to you. Now, verse 8, But my brothers who went up with me made the heart of the people melt. Yet I followed, see this singular over and over again? I followed the, the Lord my God. And Moses swore on that day, saying, Surely the land on which your foot has trodden shall be an inheritance for you and your children forever, because you have wholly wholly followed the Lord my God. Verse 10, And now behold, the Lord has kept me alive, just as he said, are you ready? These 45 years. You do the math. I think it's pretty simple. He's 85 years old. Now, let's be fair with the scripture that 85 was probably 55 today. You lived to be about 130, you know, 120, 130, 140 back then. So 85 was really 55. But 55 is not 25. So take a look at it. And now behold, I'm this day 85. Five years old. I am still as strong today as I was in the day that Moses sent me. <laughs> That's interesting, isn't it? Was it? Well, maybe. We men like to think so, don't we? We think in our minds we can do what we did when we're 25. Sometimes our bodies tell us different. Let's talk about old age, shall we? If you live long enough, you'll get there. I know that's not profound, but you'll get there. 
Your hair will either turn gray or turn white or fall out, one of the two. Um, I, I pulled off an, a, a series of advantages to growing older, and I thought I'd read some of them to you. Uh, you can sleep anytime, anywhere. You can, you can forget to zip up and nobody cares. You can reread books and magazines because by the time you get to the end, you've forgotten the beginning. Soup stains don't bother you anymore. Every day is a holiday. You're able to buy early bird specials and get a senior's discount. I love that. I always careful to tell Karen as she, we walk away from the movie theater ticket thing with the senior discount that it was probably because of my white hair, not her. Let's see. Uh, if you forget something, it's thought to, you, to have a senior moment. Uh, if the noise bothers you next door, just take out your hearing aid. <laughs> Finally, you can have dinner at 4 o'clock in the afternoon. Uh, your investment in your health insurance is finally paying off. <laughs> Kidnappers have no interest in you. More advantages of growing older. People no longer view you as a hypochondriac. Your secrets are safe for your friends because they can't remember them either. Your supply of brain cells is finally down to a manageable size. Your eyes can't get much worse. Uh, the things that you buy may not wear out before you do. No one expects you to run into a burning building. Some of these I can't read on the list. I want you to know that. Your joints are more accurate than the National Weather Service. And this is my favorite, save the fa my favorite to last. In a hostage situation, you're most likely be, to be released first. <laughs> Joshua, 85 years old man, still as strong, he said, as the day that we went into Canaan land. Everybody embraces older age differently. Some people uh, wear it as a badge of honor. Um, Karen always tells me that my father was old before his time and swears that I'm, we were walking in a parking lot last night. She said, stand up, stand up straight, walk straight. You walk like an old man. I said, well, I feel like an old man. Uh, take your Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians. Let's take a real short exit out of Joshua, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. I want to show you something that hopefully will encourage your bad back and your aching bones and stuff that doesn't work anymore on you. Second Corinthians, uh, just a word about this before we get back to Joshua. Second Corinthians chapter 4, and we'll look at verse, well, we'll go back so we get a context, um, verse 13. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 13. Since we have the same spirit of faith according to what has been written, I believe and so I spoke, we also believe and so we also speak. Knowing that he who raised up the Lord Jesus will raise us also with Jesus and bring us with you into his presence. Verse 15, for it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends more and more people, that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Verse 16. So do not lose heart. So we do not lose heart. 
though our outer self is wasting away, though that our bodies are wasting away, notice, our inner self is being renewed day by day. What does not grow old is spiritual life. Our bodies grow old. We grow old because of the fall of Adam. But as we grow older, the spirit of God and the spiritual life is renewed younger and younger. Isn't that exciting? Growing within us. So if you're looking to do what you did when you were 20, you're going to get discouraged. It's good to pull back and and get a, a sense of pace in life. I'll tell you a funny story about our church. If you noticed on the way in, if you haven't noticed on the way out, the, the burnt stump over to the, the right as you're going out. Uh, that was a vehicle that was running from the police the other night and pulled into our property, spun in there, the guys spun around and actually ran into the stump and burst into flames. Not that I mind, the only regret is it didn't burn the stump down. But about a week ago, about a week or two weeks ago, I suppose, I was trying to cut the bottom of that stump. I'd sliced it like this, and I was going to the bottom and going to the, working my way on. And, I, you know, older, I just, I got tired. I could have, 30 more minutes, I'd have had it gone. But I was like, you know, I'll save this for another day because I'm done. Because I'm old and I'm done. If I'd have sliced that off, that car would have slowed. He, he, didn't have a, he never saw it coming. He would have gone over that stump, maybe come right into our building. But the Lord had me stop that day so that he would run into that stump and burn it down. Isn't he good? Yeah. I'm hoping I can go over and just kick it over now, but I don't know about that. So as we get grow older in life, and don't get old before your time, keep I, I love the advice of Dick Van Dyke, who was at, who has aged incredibly. He said, I refuse to walk down the stairs like an old man. I work at keeping my posture. I work at walking like a young man. It helps his body. I encourage you as we grow older, allow that spiritual life to be richer and deeper, pacing yourself, understanding that there's a lot of younger people who need your wisdom, who need the spiritual counsel that you can have and give to them. Here's Joshua, 85 years old, just as, I love this guy. Notice verse 11. I am, a strong, I am still as strong today as, as I was in the day that Moses sent me. My strength is now, is, is as my strength was then, for war, for going out. So now, so now he looks to Joshua, so now give me this hill country of which the Lord spoke on that day. This is around Hebron. For you heard that on that day how the Anakim, these are giants, these are massive men, these are, the most, these are the largest and most ferocious warriors in all the land. To, to add difficulty, notice that they were in great fortified cities. The best place to put a fortified city is on a hill. You can't go up a mountain to a fortified city and attack giants. That's a bad combination. And yet Caleb at 85 said... I want that mountain. Now, how could he be so bold at 85 years old? Well, look at it. It may be that the Lord will be with me 
and I will drive them out just as the Lord said. Isn't that good? Don't stop living when you get older. Keep moving forward. Keep advancing your spiritual life. Grab more and more territory. Develop yourself as a human being. Don't get 50 years old and look like you're 90. I've met 90-year-olds that act like they're 20, and I've met 20-year-olds that act like they're 90. In your mind, there's so much more of life to live out there. For those of you who are raising young children, there is life after the children. They're called grandchildren. That's what they're called. (laughs) Grab life. Grab spiritual life. Love Christ. Learn of his love for you. Every day while you're out in this beautiful world, soak in his love. Don't let the bumps of life sidetrack you. Caleb said, man, I want that mountain. Look look at Joshua's response. (laughs) Then Joshua blessed him. I bet he did. Go on, man, take that mountain. We just take off. (laughs) You can have it, brother. Just, just, Just do the deal. Nobody else wants it. That's the mountain around Jerusalem. Do you know that? That's the favorite part of Canaan. That's where it all happens. And he took on the giants. Let's finish off the chapter. And he gave Hebron to Caleb, the son of Jenon, for an inheritance. Therefore, Hebron became the inheritance of Caleb to this day because he wholly follows the Lord, the God of Israel. Now, the, God, now the name of Hebron formerly was uh, Kareth Abba. Abba was the greatest man among the Anakim, and it no longer was his. And, and the land had rest from war. Beautiful. Isn't that beautiful? You know, some days you feel like just laying it all down, just forgetting it all. But I'm telling you, remember Caleb. He had land to take. You're not, you know, you still got breath in your lungs. You still got, you're still mobile. Live life. Advance yourself spiritually. Because when it, when it all boils down, Christianity is about you and Jesus Christ. It's the core of it. That's everything. Before I ever was a part of a church, I was a part of a small group of men who had given their hearts to Jesus Christ. It didn't mean something to us. It meant everything to us. Everything. And it still means everything to me. And I know it means everything to you.